this is Dr. Nick Tiller, and you're listening to the Skeptic's Guide to Sports Science podcast. What follows is an audio recording of my column, published in Skeptical Inquirer, the magazine for science and reason. For more information, visit www.skepticalinquirer.org. As with all articles in this series, a full list of references and a link to the written piece can be found in the show notes. Episode 14, The Backward World of Retro Walking. In terms of medical knowledge, the ancient world was primitive by modern standards. It had no germ theory to prevent the spread of disease, no anaesthetics to pacify patients before surgery, and no evidence-based medicine to counteract the belief that humours, blood, yellow bile, black bile and phlegm, influenced the body and its emotions. The ancients were also highly superstitious. Greeks and Romans would drink the blood of fallen gladiators, believing it to confer strength and vitality and that it was a cure for epilepsy. One theory the ancient world got right was that physical activity, particularly walking, has an important role in disease prevention. A few thousand years after Hippocrates first prescribed exercise to a patient suffering from consumption, large epidemiological studies show that regular physical activity prevents lifestyle-related diseases, including cardiovascular disease, type 2 diabetes, obesity, certain cancers and all-cause mortality. Science organisations have even adopted Exercise is Medicine as a prescription initiative. So, is it one step forward and two steps back? Walking, as well as other simple forms of physical activity, confers numerous health benefits. So-called retro-walking, walking backward, has emerged as the wellness industry's attempt to commercialise this most basic of health initiatives. It's the product of our ingrained obsession with expediting health and vitality by any means. Proponents say it challenges the body in ways that regular forward walking does not. Three claims predominate. Retro walking improves knee pain associated with arthritis and other joint abnormalities, specifically that it improves knee range of motion, quadriceps function, hamstrings flexibility and gait and mobility. Retro walking improves memory and retro-walking evokes tenfold greater energy expenditure than walking forward. Despite a handful of studies on the effects of retro-walking, the commercial claims extend far beyond the evidence. As is normal in health and wellness, plausible and implausible claims are intertwined in a complex web that we, as sceptics, must work to untangle. Are there any therapeutic effects of retro-walking? There are almost no published studies on retro-walking or backwards-walking before 2011, and only 22 manuscripts were returned in a PubMed keyword search. Eight of those studies used backward-walking as an outcome measure following other interventions rather than an intervention in itself. 
Six studies were irrelevant, for example, exploring mirroring tasks in giant pandas, and three were prospective studies, the data from which have not yet been published. Of the remaining five, there were four original studies and one review, and most assessed the effect of backward walking on knee pain and gait performance in people with knee osteoarthritis. So, what did they show? The two studies with the longest interventions, 12 weeks and 6 weeks respectively, found no difference in performance outcomes or knee pain between patients who incorporated retro-walking into conventional physiotherapy programs and those who did not. A shorter study of just 3 weeks found that both conventional physiotherapy and conventional physiotherapy plus retro-walking relieved knee pain, but retro-walking reduced knee disability to a greater extent. The only systematic review and meta-analysis returned from the search concluded that a backward-walking protocol, when incorporated into structured physiotherapy, was effective at reducing pain and functional disability in people with gait impairments. Lastly, one study assessed the effect of forward and backward-walking interventions in patients with Parkinson's disease, finding that both improved walking speed, but that backward-walking additionally improved stride length. A generous interpretation of the very sparse literature would be that incorporating backward walking into a physiotherapy-led program alongside conventional treatment may confer various benefits for people with pre-existing knee issues. Caveats and considerations As a form of light exercise, retro-walking has purportedly been practiced in China since ancient times, therefore lending itself to the appeal to antiquity in formal fallacy. In much the same way that proponents of the paleo diet and barefoot running claim those interventions have relevance partly because they correlate with traditional practice, retro-walking proponents are quick to draw attention to its traditional Chinese roots, as if this somehow legitimises the practice. But tradition alone isn't a good reason to try a new intervention or retain an old one, In fact, it's the argument people invoke when reason is conspicuously absent. But these things aside, the published data fall short of supporting the commercial claims, especially when considering various technical issues. For example, when testing the effects of forward versus backward walking, it's impossible to blind subjects to the intervention. In other words, people generally know in which direction they are walking. As a result, most of the outcomes associated with pain reduction can be contaminated by placebo effects, expectation and belief. Second, retro-walking has been usually compared to forward-walking or other therapies to which patients are already accustomed. This means that backward-walking may confer benefits simply because it's novel and evokes an unfamiliar stimulus. It's plausible that any intervention that requires a unique skill set may have a similar outcome. The third issue is that the patients studied are those who typically report knee pain during regular activities, including walking. Accordingly, an intervention such as backward walking that reduces physical strain on the anterior anatomy has a pretty good chance of improving symptoms, possibly by evoking less pain as opposed to improving pre-existing pain through corrective therapy. 
it's a subtle but important distinction. Good studies would compare retrowalking to therapeutic activities, including non-walking interventions, that equally minimise anterior strain. These studies haven't been done. Are there any psychophysiological effects of retrowalking? The second claim that retrowalking improves memory appears to stem from a series of experiments published in 2019 in which researchers studied the link between motion and temporal thinking, finding that walking backward after an audiovisual memory task improved recall of certain details. However, not only was the effect acutely studied, present for at least 10 minutes after the intervention, but the same effects were apparent when subjects watched a video in reverse and when they imagined walking backward. The positive effects on memory, therefore, appear to have less to do with backward walking per se and more to do with how humans store and recall memories based on temporal indexing. That isn't the same as, quote, backward walking improves memory, end quote, as was reported in some science outlets. Regarding the third claim that retro walking requires greater energy expenditure than regular walking, there's no mention of this or metabolic stress in the literature. It's feasible that backward walking, owing to being considerably less efficient than forward walking, might be more challenging from a metabolic and or cardiovascular perspective. But as far as I can tell, the specific claim that retro walking evokes a tenfold greater energy expenditure than walking forward is folklore, attributed to an unidentified Chinese monk who once said that, quote, a hundred steps backward is worth a thousand steps forward, end quote. Some proponents treat the quote as though it were an evidence-based claim. So the take-home messages. Based on the evidence, there may be some validity to backward walking exercises, mainly as an adjunct to a larger program of conventional physiotherapy for people with knee pain and gait abnormalities. But these potential benefits are at risk of being overshadowed by a slew of baseless claims regarding memory and energy expenditure. In fact, the very rebranding of backward walking exercises as retro walking signals the industry's preference for marketing over science and style over substance. The notion that we're programmed to take shortcuts is not a new one, especially in health and wellness. But this ingrained economy is so hardwired that we regularly attempt to expedite interventions that already have overwhelming merit. Regular physical activity, such as walking, confers numerous health benefits and is advocated by the US Department for Health and Human Services, the American Medical Association and the World Health Organization. The irony is that in trying to shortcut the benefits of physical activity, we risk rendering this simple intervention relatively less effective. As always, while this is an important issue in itself, there are broader principles at stake. To end with the immortal words of the late Kendrick Fraser, quote, What we science-minded skeptics are defending here goes way beyond any of the specific bizarre ideas, trumped-up mysteries, or misperceptions or misrepresentations of the real world we may critique. What we are defending are hard-won concepts essential to a free and open society, if that society is to have well-informed citizens 
capable of making wise decisions in a complex technological world. End quote. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this article, check out my book, The Skeptic's Guide to Sports Science, Confronting Myths of the Health and Fitness Industry, published by Taylor & Francis. For more information on this and my other work, visit www.nbtiller.com.